Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Matthew chapter 22, and as we get going... Get your pen, get your pad. You're going to need it. Get your pen, get your pad. We come in for our last teaching on money matters. And because uh, money matters to us, money matters to Jesus. And uh, so we've been doing a three week series on money matters. And uh, let me begin right here. Let me have your attention. The Internal Revenue Service received the following letter from a taxpayer who was bothered by his conscience. And it read, Dear Sir, my conscience bothered me. Here is $175 which I owe you in back taxes. Then there was a PS at the bottom that read, My conscience, if my conscience still bothers me, I'll send you the rest. (laughs) During an audit, an IRS audit, the defendant was asked to explain a $5,000 write-off that was flagged bad investment. It seemed obvious to the man that that was being audited, so he explained that the $5,000 bad investment was my last year's taxes. Y'all slow, but you're coming, all right? For those of you who invest your money into stocks and bonds, some investors would urge you to put all your money in taxes. It's the only sure thing to go up. A couple weeks back, we started Money Matters. How to make your money matter. Last week we talked about how to use your money for the kingdom. Were you with me? Just those two teachings, were you with me for either or both? Yes, okay. That's most of you today. I want to talk to you about how you should give your money. How you should give your money. That being said, Saints Matthew chapter 22, we're picking up in verse 15. If you're looking at verse 15, say I'm looking at it. And then the Pharisees went and they plotted how they might entangle Jesus in his talk. And they sent him to their disciples with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone for you do not regard the person of men. So tell us in verse 17, what do you think? They're posing this question to Jesus. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Don't you love Jesus? <laughs> Jesus is not politically correct. He ain't worried about hurting your feelings. Y'all say amen. You hypocrites. He probably said it like that. You hypocrites. <laughs> you. Verse 19. Show me the tax money. And so they bought him a denarius. And he said to them, 
whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, saints, what do he say? Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Y'all come on. And to God the things that are God. And when they heard these words, they marveled and they left him and they went their way. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. Matthew chapter 21 and 22. We are in the final week in the life of Jesus. It's Passover week. And Jesus is in the temple teaching and preaching. And there in chapter 21, you can look that up in your own time. It was the religious leaders who came to Jesus and they said to Jesus, by what authority are you doing these miracles? By what authority are you operating in? And Jesus told them in Matthew 21, Jesus told them a parable about his authority and he left them speechless. It was like a one, two, three knockout punch. So while they're still swooning and reeling from the punch, chapter 22, verse 15 The Pharisees had a secret meeting and they plotted to kill Jesus. And in Luke chapter 20, put the stories together. It tells us that the Pharisees and the Herodians watched Jesus and they sent spies to listen to every word that was coming out of his mouth to trap him. And it is interesting to me and also sad that they listened to Jesus' words, but Jesus' words didn't cause them to repent. Isn't that something? Do you know, okay, this is a whole nother sermon. Do you know it is, a, it is possible to hear Jesus' words and not be affected by them? That's why you got to come to church with a ready heart. That's why you got to come to church with a ready mind. That's why you got to come to church ready to receive from the Lord. Because there are plenty of people, thousands upon tens of thousands, who sit in sanctuaries all across the United States and they hear Jesus' words, but they don't affect their hearts. They heard his word. They listened to Jesus, but the words didn't cause them to repent. Actually, the words caused them to harden their hearts even more. Well, the Pharisees in verse 16 sent the Herodians. Now, who are these people? Well, the Pharisees were the strict separatists and totally opposed to the Roman rule. The Herodians gladly cooperated with Rome. The Pharisees were the right-wing conservatives who hated Jesus because he was upsetting their religious agenda. And the Herodians were, you guessed it, the left-wing radicals who hated Jesus because he was a threat to their political arrangement. The Pharisees and Herodians never got along, but it's really interesting They hated each other, but when it came to their hatred of Jesus, they both got along just fine. You must already know where I'm going. You know, somebody once said that love brings folk together. Hate also brings people together. Now, what I'm about to say is going to shock you. What I'm about to say is going to blow you away. Shock you, stop your heart. It's coming, wait for it. But there are people who do not like me. Doesn't that just, like, you're like, you can't even understand something like that. Like, why? I mean, you're such a lovely guy. How could anybody not like, that's what I say. There are people who don't like me. 
And there are people, you know what, as a pastor of this church, and by the way, we're coming up on 25 years this September. Can y'all believe that? There are people, I've, I've watched them, I've, I've done this pastor thing for a long time. And I have seen thousands of people come, and I've seen thousands go over 25 years. And it's sad but true, but even in church, some people don't like each other. People don't get along. These people don't like these people. Them folks don't like them folks and we, whatever, whatever. It happens in church. And I see it and I know it. But it's really interesting and I've watched it. When it comes to, say, all of a sudden we don't like Pastor Rodney, which I know that's shocking. (laughs) But all of a sudden we don't like Pastor Rodney. Well, now those two people didn't like each other are best friends. Isn't that interesting? People can come together in their common hatred of one thing or one person. What was true for Jesus is true for us. What is true for us is true for Jesus. The Pharisees and the Herodians, they hated each other. Remember, one was the Pharisees were right wing conservatives and the Herodians were left wing all the way left crazy liberals and the and the and the Sadducees yeah y'all pray for me and the Sadducees I'm working here people and the Sadducees were in the middle they just kind of ebb and flowed wherever right but in their common opposition for Jesus they could work together well the Bible tells us that they conspired to trap Jesus in his words and so they asked him a question They said, Jesus, is it lawful to pay annual tax to Caesar or not? And they thought they had Jesus on the horns of dilemma. But Jesus is smart. Somebody say amen. And and, and because they thought they had him on the horns of dilemma because if he said no, they would turn him over to Rome and he'd be guilty of treason. If Jesus said, yes, pay Caesar, then they would accuse him of being an idolater. Remember, saints, the Romans were idolaters. And you could only pay this tax with Roman coins. You see, Roman coins weren't just a legal tender. Roman coins weren't just money. Roman coins was also propaganda. What you talking about, pastor? Because on the Roman coin, they had the image of Caesar proclaiming himself to be God. And one of the common phrases on one of the coins read Tiberius Caesar, Augustus, son of the divine, August one, high priest. You see, for Jews and Christians, graven images are blasphemy, right? So they try and trap Jesus. And Jesus said, why do you test me, you hypocrites? Verse 19 in your text, show me the money. And they handed him a coin. On the front of the coin is a picture of Caesar. On the back of the coin is Pontiff Maximus, chief priest. And again, they hated the idea of using the coin to pay pay taxes. And Jesus' response, saints, watch this, takes a very, he takes a very political question and he turns it into a principle. Write that down. He takes a very political question and he turns it into a principle. Jesus takes the coin. He holds it up. You could probably hear a pin drop. 
And he said, whose picture's on the coin? And they said, Caesar. And Jesus said, well, then if Caesar's picture is on it, then give it to Caesar. Give the man his money. Render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And render unto God what belongs to God. That's a profound statement. Don't get that twisted. That's a profound statement. It's rich. It's deep. We could preach on it all day. Don't have time. But it is a profound statement coming out of the mouth of Jesus. First of all, render, keep your pen handy. Render speaks of a debt or an obligation or a responsibility. It refers to something that doesn't even belong to you, not something you have the choice about. It means render means give it back. Render means give it back. Jesus said what belongs to Caesar, give it back to Caesar. He made it. He minted it. It belongs to his economy. Give it to him. And secondly, I want to tell you, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And, 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 why, and should we pay taxes? The statement, should we pay taxes, poses, in the Greek language, it seems to pose the question as if it's a gift. It kind of reads that way in the original language, like it's a gift. Like, is it lawful to give as a gift? You see, their perspective was that they owned it and they could do whatever they wanted to do with it. If they didn't want to give it, they thought they didn't have to. Jesus makes it clear, you're not giving Caesar a gift. You're giving Caesar what belongs to Caesar. It's a debt that must be paid. That's the idea. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, listen up. And I need you all to pray for me. We are required by law to obey the law and to pay our taxes. Now, I know there are people, I know there are people who don't pay their taxes. I'm not talking to any peoples in this room because I know y'all all love Jesus and you would never disobey the law. I'm going to give you that. Okay. But there are people, believe it or not, there are Christians who say they don't believe in paying taxes. Listen, the Bible doesn't tell us that we are to pay taxes. Y'all got mighty quiet on me, didn't you? The, the Bible, Mr. Salman, turn me up because they got quiet. I don't think they must can't hear me. You must can't hear me. Can you hear me? The Bible doesn't tell us that we are to pay taxes if we feel like paying taxes. The Bible tells us that we are to pay taxes because the Bible tells us to. How so, Pastor Rodney? Well, they had it on for you on the screen real quick. Romans 13, 5 through 7. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, Paul writes, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. But they, the government, is the context, are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. And render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear is due, and honor to whom honor is due. We are to pay our taxes. Now, I know the argument is, well, I don't like taxes. They are too high. I get that. And I know if you live out in California, I feel for you. Do y'all know tax in California is like up to like 50%? Like people, every dollar you make, you're giving away 50 cents. For those roads? 
For those streets, anybody know what I'm talking about? For those streets, but some of those cities, some of those cities is California is the land of nuts, fruits, and flakes. I love you if you're from there, but it's a land of nuts, fruits, and flakes. I told y'all pray. I'm gonna need security when I get out of here today. I'm be getting out of church like this. Security in front of me. The cities, they're horrible. Many of them are horrible. And you know I know what I'm talking about. Some of them. Drug needles on the street. And people relieving themselves on the streets in the United States of America. Can you believe that? And people will say, well, I don't want to pay my taxes to them. Listen, the way to deal with that is not to disobey the law and to disobey God. The way to handle that is you vote them folk out of office who are taking care of these cities. That's the way you handle that. But then you obey God because we're called to obey the scriptures. Somebody please say amen. And I'm not saying don't take legitimate tax breaks. Oh, by all means. Take legitimate tax breaks. Find yourself the best tax. I'm trying to help you. Find yourself the best tax guy you can find who knows every single loophole, nook and cranny of all the tax breaks and tell him, give them to me. (laughs) You know, Chuck Smith, Chuck Smith said this, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and not a penny more. Don't you love that? Because he's already getting enough. So we're to take tax breaks. You know, this little boy, he wanted, listen to this, he wanted $100 badly. And he prayed to God for a whole week, but nothing happened. And so he decided to write God a letter requesting $100. When the post office got the letter, listen, when the post office got the letter addressed to God, they forwarded it on to the White House. Well, the president was very impressed. He was touched and amused. And so he instructed his aide to send the boy $5. He thought $5 would be a lot of money to this little boy. Well, the boy was delighted to receive the money. He sat down and he wrote a thank you note immediately, which read, Dear God, thank you very much for sending the money. However, I noticed that for some reason you had to send it through Washington. And as usual, they kept most of it. That's true. Everybody's excited about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl tonight, everybody having having Super Bowl party? Who's having Super Bowl party? Some of y'all don't want people coming over. That's why you ain't raise your hand, right? I know. Two people went like this here. Now, I know there are more people in here that's having a Super Bowl party. Y'all lying in a sanctuary. You know that. Stop it. Stop it. Everybody's excited about the Super Bowl. Nobody's excited about tax season. Nope. Right. Nobody enjoys paying taxes. You know, the Internal Revenue Service feels more like the Infernal Revenue Service or the Eternal Revenue Service. The Bible says, Christians, we need to pay every cent we owe. Why? Because whatever belongs to Caesar, give to Caesar. And whatever has an image of God or what belongs to God, give it to God. Now, listen to me close. One of the most important things, I'm I'm thinking through this yesterday, and I'm thinking one of the most important things. What is the most important thing I can tell you in Money Matters? Because this is the last one. Next Sunday, back in Mark. What is the most important thing I can tell you about Money Matters? I would say 
the most important thing that I could tell you about Money Matters and about this series, that if you were to just can get one thing, what would that one thing be? I will give you this. God owns everything. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there. I'll give you one more. Your money is not yours. Y'all got a whole lot less excited, didn't they? Your money's not yours. Oh. Hold on, pastor. I work 60 hours a week for that. It's mine. Oh, no. Oh, no. The Bible says in Colossians 1.16, all things were created by him and for him. Deuteronomy 10.14, to the Lord your God belongs the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. Psalm 50, verse 10, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. Psalm 50, verse 12, the world is mine and all that is in it. Haggai 2, 8, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. First Chronicles 29, 11, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. God owns everything. And if you want to ask somebody who got taught that lesson real quick, ask King Nebuchadnezzar. One of the most influential kings and powerful kings in history. And he learned that all things belong to God. Remember, it's in Daniel chapter 4, and he's walking in his garden. Don't turn there. He's walking in his garden. He said, I've built a great kingdom. He's looking at the great gardens of Babylon, and they were beautiful. And one of the wonders of the world at the time, and no one had ever seen anything like the gardens of Babylon and the kingdom of Babylon and its beauty and its majesty and its splendor and its glory. Nobody had seen anything like that. And, and Nebuchadnezzar's walking around, look at all I built, look at everything, the great kingdom that I have built. And God answered him real quick. God took away his sanity, remember? And he went crazy. And King Nebi was found outside eating grass like a cow. Seven years later, God restored. Daniel 4, 34 through 37 says the king no longer looked to possessions, but he began to look to God. You see, you might have put in the long hours and you may have made the good investments for your money. But you absolutely have to acknowledge that your life belongs to the Lord. Somebody say amen. Your life. Your life, your life belongs to the Lord. Your breath belongs to the Lord. Say amen. Your health belongs to the Lord. Say amen. You got up this morning because the Lord allowed you to get up this morning. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there. Every day and everything in him we live, we move, and we have our being. So you cannot lay hold of your possessions and say, look what I made. Look what I've done. You did those things by the grace and the goodness of God. I'm awake. I'm awake. Our money is ours in the sense that God gives it to us for us to be responsible stewards over it, to use it for his glory and for his kingdom, right? It's God's provision. And can I just tell you this? I've been trying to remember to tell you this for like three weeks. 
don't overspend. So often we get a new job and we want to spend more money. We get a new job and now we can afford a bigger house. So we get a bigger house when the house that you live in is just fine. I want to get a bigger house. I want five bathrooms and eight bedrooms. Why you need five bathrooms? You can only use one at a time. Come on, wave at me and say, that's right, Pastor Roddy. Not unless you got some special skills. That no man on earth knows about. Why you need a bigger house? People, what happens is, saints, I'm trying to help you this morning. People make more money and then they want to spend more money. Why not make more money and use more money for the kingdom of God and be satisfied and content with what you have? We want a bigger house because we got these boys and they run around. Don't get me wrong. I got three grandsons and they are all over the place. I am telling you, I don't care where we are in the house. They seem to come out the walls and they multiply. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.